0: At some point in our careers, we all contemplate changing companies. But what really matters is when. Shifting jobs or even career paths isn't something you decide on a whim, nor is it something that can be chosen at any moment in your professional journey. But what if I were to share with you the story of someone who made an unconventional choice. This individual decided to leave their job when they were at the pinnacle of their career, quitting while they were ahead in their professional journey. Today, we are interviewing Iqbal Singh, who currently serves as the Manager of Cloud Infrastructure at Google. Prior to this role, he held the position of Director of Cloud Deployment at Nokia. What's even more remarkable is that he also holds the title of Lieutenant Colonel in the Indian Army. In this episode of WorkWise with Nokri, we are going to decode how he managed to make such an unconventional decision.
1: From transitioning dilemmas like quitting or switching your job to the dreaded career breaks.
0: From make or break situations like negotiating
1: CTCs or handling feedback between peers. To people-related complexities like handling a difficult manager or a toxic work environment. Workwise, we cover it all. Hi,
0: welcome to Workwise with Nokri, a show to help you work better and accelerate your career. Colonel Iqbal Singh, thank you for joining us here today. It's an absolute privilege to be
1: in your presence. Thank you very much, Meera, for the very nice introduction and kind words.
0: I'd like to share this, that when I'm speaking with you right now, I certainly feel very nostalgic. I say this because I'm an army child. And when I'm speaking with you, it's there's an element of surprise inside me. Because while I've grown up in the forces, it's been so normal for me to see somebody join the forces. And that's pretty much their only career. That's sure. pretty much how they retire. And when I hear your story as an example, I'm very curious. If you could take me through your first phase of your career, how did it come to be? How did the forces happen? What was your career like there? I would really start to get a sense of how this headed in a different direction. So could you show us that?
1: Sure. Thank you very much. So uh, like you, I was an army kid as well. I was third generation in the army. Right from childhood, all I had seen was people in uniform all around me and that was a natural career choice for me at that time. And uh, I joined the army as a family tradition, and then in the third generation. It was a wonderful career that I had. Uh, One went through all that one could have thought of while thinking of the army. Uh, I went into real battle life scenarios, got commissioned and immediately moved to Sri Lanka as part of the Indian Peacekeeping Force Mm -hmm. for nearly two years. I was 20 years old when I got commissioned, came face to face with the life and death, came face to face with own mortality, saw very some scenes mm. and uh, my leadership was absolutely tested to the core on the battlefield as well. Right? Mm. It was really a very, very enriching experience from such uh, hardened uh, battle operations. So, it was true for me as well. Uh, subsequently, I went on to make make a good career in the army. I had pretty good career courses, instructional grading in almost most of my courses. I was selected, though I'm from the infantry, which is the foot slogging, cutting edge of the Indian army, complete non-technical arm. I was selected from the whole of infantry to undergo the degree engineering course. That's a B-Tech electronics. So I did my B-Tech electronics while in the army. I did well on the course. So I was recommended for an M-Tech. So I did my M-Tech in... Uh, Missile Technology, subsequently also went on to do the Defense Services Staff College uh, and did some prestigious appointments in the Army. Had a wonderful stint in the Army's uh, Computerized Wargaming and Development Center at Delhi. This was uh, the best tenure of my Army career, I would say. Mm -hmm. I got to use what I had learned technology-wise. I had the opportunity, I was sent to France to study French simulation systems, came back, made a lot of recommendations. So those two years uh, were fascinating and that really gave me an insight into the world of technology and what is possible right so that was my journey in the army and and i started feeling that uh, there's more that i could do right one had seen what army is known for being in battle led troops been under fire escaped death several times had upgraded myself academically etc et and now i felt that it was time to move on to the next chapter of one's life i also felt that i had more to offer uh, in terms of serving the technology sector Mm -hmm. than what was possible by being in service in the military so that was one of the motivations for me to step out and that was an era this like 2008 the it industry was just booming Uh, telecom industry was booming in india Mm -hmm. the prospects seemed very promising Mm -hmm. and exciting
0: so, you answered a part of my question already when I was going to come to this next one. I see a beautiful decorated career. If you are being selected and then reselected for opportunities of advancing your education while you're in the armed force, it's worth celebrating that you're being chosen to be invested in as much. So, when you are so sought after in your career, what makes you want to jump out?
1: You know, the alchemist says, Everybody has an obligation to fulfill their destiny. And I felt that uh, my true potential was not being unlocked. So that was, I would say, the underpinning lead motive for my decision to step out. And I felt that I could do more. I'm a very curious person by nature. I also like to question status quo, authority, existing systems. So that was something which doesn't go very well in a structured organization. So I thought, uh, maybe let me go somewhere where this is like an asset rather than a liability. Mm -hmm. So that was one driving factor. Mm -hmm. Second was having been equipped uh, with the technology degrees and qualifications. One felt that one is ready to enter the arena of the technology industry.
0: So I see that you spent some good time investing in your skills as an engineer and you picked up all the technology education necessary. That's how the next jump seemed like a consequence. Yet I can imagine when having to really pack your bags and wrap it all up and leave it behind, there must have been some obstacles and hurdles that came your way. It wouldn't have been as easy as you're making it sound right now.
1: Yes, uh, definitely. I think out of all the career transitions, I've been in the corporate now for 15 years. The transition from military to the corporate is perhaps one of the most difficult Mm -hmm. and the steepest climb. So I had made up my mind uh, early and I spent five years preparing before I left so that gave me the time the perspective I could strategically plan things and also invest so I'm pretty efficient with my time I do not like to waste even a minute so, I, I was like pretty good at multitasking. I was doing part time courses. I would do courses from IGNU. I did a part time MBA. I did a certification in project management, uh, the PMP, Project Management Professional from Project Management Institute USA 2007. That time was a pretty new certification in India and it was considered quite elite and difficult to acquire. And that helped me get my first job uh, when I left after my management course at IIM Indore. So, I see some
0: clear t- skill sets that you worked on and you thought through what is it that you wanted to complete as these gaps, you identified these gaps to wherever you wanted to reach. So I see that that technical know-how was in place. I'm going to ask the sensitive side of this. When you live as many years in an establishment, there are certain connections and certain uh, expectations people start to have of you, whether it's the people you're reporting to or whether it's the people you're living with. And then as people often resistant to change. Were there any difficult moments that you had with your boss in the forces or putting this forward to your family that you're now looking to make this shift? Were there any challenging conversations there?
1: Uh, Yes, definitely. As I said, I have a person who questions uh, authority, questions status quo. So obviously there were run-ins with bosses pretty frequently, I must say. On the family front, yes. uh, I think coming from an army family, I come from a Family of farmers and soldiers There's nobody in my family Who's made a career in the corporate So it was like Entering uncharted territory But then I was fairly confident Of my abilities And my family I must say Was very supportive My wife, uh, my parents as well And they said that If you feel so Then go ahead You know we are with you So I think that was A very supportive environment Having said that uh, Yes it's not an easy switch It's it's a step function change It's a completely different environment uh, from a regulated, very well-defined, values-driven organization to not-so-structured, bottom-line-driven organization. The context changes, the culture changes, the people change. It's not an easy switch, right?
0: So, this is how I see it. You're at your peak when you are a colonel in the armed forces. Of course, there are other positions to capture, yet it's quite a place of arrival. There are certain perks of being in that position. There are luxurious comforts of being in that position in terms of resources and ease and a certain predictability to your work and requirements. Destabilizing this from this space and moving on to another really makes you look like, yeah, I did this, yet there's something else. How does somebody who's in such a nice and comfortable space even think I need to get somewhere
1: Yeah If you study psychology Especially psychology For success Human mind Is wired for survival We always Prioritize safety Uh, We always Prioritize Known over the unknown And uh, That instinct Has continued Over Maybe thousands Millions of years Of human existence However The world has changed The world today Rewards risk taking The world is more Complex than it was 10,000 50,000 years ago but a mindset has not had a major upgrade in terms of its operating system, so to speak. And that's something I realized. I've always believed if you want your life to get better, then you need to get better. I said I need to step out of this comfort zone. moment you get into a comfort zone, I feel that's that's a recipe for probably your decline or uh, you know, share status score. So that was one of the reasons uh, I felt that uh, I need to get out of the comfort zone. So the growth mindset, inculcating that. Second is uh, testing myself in the external world.
0: So, you speak about you educated yourself in the armed forces thanks to them investing in you. And then you take this knowledge, equip yourself a little more and then enter the corporate. Do you want to tell us about your career, how it started at Nokia and you spending 12 years there?
1: Oh, yes. It uh, was a wonderful tenure, I would say, at uh, Nokia. I have a lot of regard for Nokia because uh, they gave me the opportunity when probably... <laughs> I didn't know much about telecom, right? And they kind of believed in me. Uh, so initially, I joined a role as a project manager, special projects. I really didn't know what that meant. And it actually meant that all the projects which nobody else had done or nobody wanted to do were dumped to me. I kept executing a lot of projects, some projects which have been stuck for six months. I executed them in 45 days, those kinds of things, and made them successful. So people took notice. Who is this guy? Where does it come from? After a year or so, there was an opening for a technical support manager role. I was in Gurgaon, in Nokia, and there was a role in Noida. And I applied for it internally. So they asked me for an interview. Uh, they did a telephonic interview first, and they called me for a face-to-face interview to Noida. And I still remember the hiring manager there asking me, he saw my CVs so in the army, etc. So he first asked me, uh, can you do this role? I said, yes. And he said uh, his next question was do you know what this role involves and i said no and he started laughing and he said you don't even know what this role involves and you are saying you can do it how can i believe you so i said look here uh, i have self-belief look at what i have done here in the past one year in nokia i had never done any of this before and the results are there for you to see to his credit he gave me the offer and i joined I think six months later, he came back and said, thank you for proving me right. Because by then I was established. Uh, I mean, I had a hard uh, time, I must say, uh, first six months to 12 months, learning the ropes, uh, several sleepless nights, uh, googling away till uh, long hours, well past midnight, just to survive the next day. But then uh, that helped me uh, learn the ropes and uh, laid the foundation for a stronger career subsequently.
0: So, Iqbal, when you're speaking about your uh, career into corporate, nowhere in this Space. Am I hearing anything like, oh, I've arrived? It's seeming like one thing after the other and the other and the other. So I'll tell you what I'm thinking. When you are sitting in front of this gentleman who's telling you, you don't even know your role and uh, how do you think you can do this? It's pretty much challenging your ability to do it. You give your justification, you move into the project and then you start working and you're having sleepless nights.
1: Were there moments of regret? I wouldn't say regret. But at times I thought that, oh my God, what have I got myself into? But that's what I enjoy, you know. Um, If you do not give me a challenging situation or a project, uh, then I don't really enjoy it. For my blood to flow, you know, at 100 miles per hour in my veins, I want that challenge in the project or my assignment. I always tell my managers, give me something which nobody else can do or others have refused to do. And that's been my USP throughout my career. If you're... Life has become very comfortable in the role, which it becomes after, say, three to four years, because you got used to acquire the necessary skills. I feel that then you're not challenging yourself adequately, and it's time to move probably to the next level, right? Otherwise, it's very easy to descend into the comfort zone, and that's a slippery slope. That's an extremely slippery slope, and it's a very competitive world out there. There are people who are moving ahead, and uh, even if you're at a level and you stay static, after a while you will slide down the technology is moving so fast you have to be dynamic you have to be responsive to the market forces you have to look yourself in the mirror at times and say look here uh, am i doing well am i where i'm supposed to be and then take decisions and act so taking decisions i think many people do but acting on it that's the tough part right and as they say genius is 1% uh, inspiration and 99% perspiration i firmly believe that you don't have to be outstanding to do well in any field it's your persistence day after day month after month you know year after year if you put in the requisite hours you will make the grade right i have the system where i say a 10 hour learning rule you know even while you're working so spend every working day 1 hour learning for self improvement and today it's very easy. You could do it in the comfort of your home on a laptop, Monday to Friday, do five hours on Saturday Sundays. You have ten hours of learning in a week, five hundred twenty hours in a year. That's right. a lot of okay. learning, and you have kind of built it into a system, and it uh, it has its own cadence and rhythm. Mm-hmm. So this will propel you rather than you know just doing nothing for two years and then mm-hmm. taking off uh, three months vacation to kind of do some certification.
0: Would have helped you Identify your blind spot
1: I think Listening to feedback Which some people Complain I do not Especially my family <laughs> uh, And uh, At workplace Of course I think I'm better at Listening to feedback That's one uh, Then analysing Your results You know You did this This is what happened Had you done this Probably the result Would have been that What if Kind of a scenario Playing Wargaming Come from a Wargaming background So that's another thing Then looking around, uh, so like uh, I think one of the lessons I learned when I came to the corporate that uh, as a leader, you don't have to be aggressive and shouting at people to be effective, which was the system where I was earlier. Right. So, that was by observing Mm -hmm. and imbibing it. Mm -hmm. So, it's not necessary that somebody needs to kind of call you and give you a formal feedback. So, it's up to you. Learning is all around you. The question is, are you observant and uh, cognizant enough to take that feedback and kind of incorporate it to yourself.
0: So Iqbal, I hear you leave your army career. Now, this is what I imagine when you describe Nokia. You're at a director position. It's been four and a half years. You spent a good 12 years in this organization. So there's enough equity created for you. It's like a space where you belong is how it can be perceived. And yet you make a shift to Google. Of course, we know it didn't happen in a snap. Do you want to take our viewers and listeners through what helped you, what on the ground made you ship? What are the things that you did so that you can make this ship?
1: Right. So, as I said, uh, before you make a educated or well-informed choice, you need to have good exposure. So I was attending a lot of these technology seminars and I went to attend the NASCOM Annual Technology Summit, I remember, December 2016. And there, everybody was talking about the public cloud, there were like speakers from Google Cloud, somebody would come from Japan, somebody who invented a Julia language, programming language. Everybody was talking of public cloud. And that was a moment of uh, reckoning for me because I didn't know anything about public cloud. And I thought, oh my God, this is a new trend. And I consider myself to be somebody working in the technology industry. And I'm not even aware of the basics of this. I need to learn this. So that was uh, the trigger for me. And I saw like a bright career opportunity ahead in this domain because this was going to explode. And obviously, when it explodes, they need people at all levels across industries, across companies. So I thought this is my opportunity to prepare myself for a boom before the boom happens. So having identified that, I need to kind of get into cloud computing. So I have this kind of a framework of transitioning from anywhere to anywhere or job role. So it is like Number one pillar is clarity. You must have clarity as to where you are headed. So, I was very clear I'm looking for a role in cloud computing, uh, at like a cloud migration consultant or manager of cloud infrastructure, that kind of a role. Then you must know uh, what that role entails, what are the skills that are required. I knew that I needed to have certifications around uh, cloud. So, uh, I got certified on Microsoft Azure Cloud, did the AZ-900 certification. Then they're supposed to do hands-on. So today it's very easy. There are quick labs uh, available uh, on the internet uh, for small fees. You can do hands-on exercises that gave me a real feel of the cloud. So I used to do a lot of public speaking as well, going to industry fora, CIO forum, et cetera. And there were people would be speaking about the cloud. And they were speaking at a very high level, 30,000 feet, because probably they had not even seen the cloud console themselves because they were very senior. When, because when I spoke, I spoke at the ground level because I was doing it myself. So, that helped me. So, clarity about role, the skills required, um, and practical experience, how you're going to bridge it. Then, of course, you need to identify the companies that you are targeting and what roles in those companies because you can't be targeting everything. So, once you identified where you are headed, then is the preparation for it. The second pillar for success, as I call it. So, the preparation is, once you identify the skill set, the certifications, the training, you work backwards and kind of uh, work towards acquiring those skills, that gives you credibility. Once you have a certification, you passed an exam, you've done some projects on it, try to see if you can do some projects in your existing organization and that technology, that will really help you, that will bring a lot of credibility to your CV. Then, of course, is the ability to communicate that value proposition, which a lot of engineers fail. This is where they go wrong, I feel. So, it's when I say communication, it's about articulating your value proposition to a recruiter on LinkedIn. How do you do it? It's by, as I said, having a good LinkedIn profile. Your CV should be communicating your value proposition. Then comes clarity, preparation, communication. And then is if you have a mentor who can guide you, he shortens the pathway to success. Sadly, in my case, I did not have a mentor and I regret not having one. So, I would say, Twenty sixteen December is when I decided I need to get into cloud computing. Twenty twenty one December is where I joined Google in Cloud Computing. Five years right away.
0: I heard four things: clarity, courage, credibility. The path to building the credibility and communication. And I'm adding the fifth one. You mentioned it so a coach. You call it a mentor, I'm calling it a coach. These five Cs seem to really hold your path together while you're navigating yourself to your goal. Yeah. So Iqbal, when you're talking about these people brushing themselves up with certain skill sets and spending good time learning, one thing that I notice with most of us that's missing is just awareness of, hey, if not here, where else? Often a clear goal is missing. What is your guidance for having them start to identify what else they could be potentially looking at? What are the things they can ask themselves or look at to come to a space of knowing where to head?
1: I think uh, what you can aspire for is a function of what you've been exposed to. I mean, let me take an extreme example. We used to have these militants who used to infiltrate from the Pakistani side to the Indian side. And sometimes we would capture them. And they were like Afghani people, are like tall, six and a half, seven feet, well-built. And you would ask them, I was very curious to know what is their motivation, right? And uh, they would say that there's nothing that we can do back home. These people tell us if you cross, I'm talking of 90s, so you get 25 lakhs. The so family gets 25 lakhs. And 25 lakhs was a lot of money in those days, even in India and imagine a place like Afghanistan. He so said I would never earn that kind of money in my life. And if I die, they gave 50 lakhs. So that was his motivation. Now, all that the person was, had been exposed to were the rocky terrain of maybe where he's born in Afghanistan or that mm-hmm. province. Now, my take is, get that guy here and probably show him the malls of Gurgaon and the IT parks of Bangalore. What would he say? I don't want to die. And what's the difference? The exposure. Because he's seen that this is possible. So, you must explore Right. Do a lot of reading, attend seminars, webinars. Today, it's very easy. Uh, there are lots of ways of doing it. So, I think the first first thing you must do is explore. And today, things are changing so fast in the technology world that new and newer fields are coming up. And there are nobody with the requisite experience there. So, if you are quick to upscale yourself, like in today's day and age, like all this chat GPT and generative AI and BARD is the hot topic. How many people are skilled on it? People have, companies have already started kind of uh, deploying those technologies in their products and it's going to happen more and more in the future. Those people who get upskilled, ride the bandwagon, they will ride the waves. You can ride the wave only if you are upskilled before the boom comes, not after. So you have to be a little bit ahead of the wave uh, in the technology world to ride the boom. So I think one more uh, input I can give on this is know yourself. Know yourself and know the outside world know what you don't know.
0: Lingbal Singh, it's been an absolute honour to have you with us at WorkWise with Nokri, to have you share this magnanimous, which you tend to not say it like, yet absolutely celebrated career. It's been very inspiring for me to listen to you. And a key message that I'm taking away is look for the next goal It's really never that you've arrived. Keep drawing yourself to the next challenge because that's the only thing that's going to help you grow.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed uh, the conversation.
0: Thank you so much, Colonel Ingbal Singh, for being with us on our show today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of WorkWise with Nokri. I hope you enjoyed listening to us. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Also, do share this with your friends who'd benefit from this episode. I'm your host, Pira Swaroop, and you were listening to WorkWise with Nokri, a career podcast from Nokri.com, produced by Wine Studio.